Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? I talked in the last podcast about what do I want to be when I give up? as opposed to what do I want to be when I grow up? And although that might be a question we've been asked a lot when we were in school, it seems by the statistics that kids are more wanting to give up as they grow up because school really isn't facilitating a love of learning or engagement, a building of relationships. It doesn't teach people how to fail and take risks. And it doesn't teach people how to have critical thinking or thinking outside a box. It doesn't teach people communication skills or time management or money management or how their brain works or how to balance all life's challenges and stresses and joys. And so all of that combines to making kids not success ready when they leave school. And they know that. They can identify it as by their feelings. They feel um, not ready, essentially, and not engaged. I shared some other statistics. One in three students feel they are success ready between grades 5 to 12. And almost 50% lack hope for the future and are disengaged with school. So what do I want to be when I give up is the question that we need to ask unless we decide to make some changes. So in the last podcast, I suggested to you that tests that are given at school, which give us our marks, and if you want to listen to me talk more about why I don't feel grades are a good measure of a child, then read or sorry, not read, (laughs) but listen to that podcast. But basically, in a nutshell, grades are based on tests. Tests are based on an assessment. Every child is given the same assessment, no matter how their brain works, or no matter what's going on in their life, or anything. It's just they're given the same work. Tests do not measure, as I mentioned before, lots of times, I'm sure, persistency, or curiosity, or enthusiasm, or courage, or leadership, or creativity, resourcefulness, self-discipline, a sense of wonder, big big picture thinking, sorry, compassion, reliability, motivation, humor, empathy, a sense of beauty, resiliency. It doesn't measure any of that. What tests measure is simply what you know about a certain piece of a subject at a certain period of time. And so school is missing the 
buck, or maybe that's not the expression. I think it's passing the buck is the expression. It's missing the essence, basically, of what kids need. And kids need, according to Google and their hiring practices and a lot of other employability hiring practices, they need to be able to take risks. They need to be able to project manage. They need to be able to get along with a team. You know, the the stars that stand out in high school as like, oh, you're a star, you've gotten an A. Well, that doesn't mean anything, really. It just means that they knew that content of information that they were being tested on that day. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have initiative and know how to fail and know how to get through life's adversities. And so where else can you turn to have these things taught? You're going to have to really start thinking about that. The first podcast yesterday that I did on this, I listed communication skills, time management, money management, understanding learning style, mental health, healthy relationships, learning to fail, and creative and critical thinking as uh, eight things that are not taught in school that need to be taught to our kids. So where are they going to get that from? Well, pretty much they're going to have to get it from you and how you role model your life, or you're going to have to get them some outside teaching in that. Other things that you need to um, teach your kids that they're not learning in school, that they need to be successful, and um, I'll list them for you and go through them. But again, keep this in the back of your mind in terms of maybe you know somebody who um, is a financial advisor, right, that can help teach your kids. Maybe you teach them by your own actions of learning to fail. You take a course and pass it along by the fact that, you know, maybe you have a family meeting to discuss it, or we get a book and you both do a book study on it, or something of the like, or YouTube it, right? There's tons of stuff on YouTube, but they need to know this stuff. All right, so what else do they need to know that they're not learning in school, which is part two of what you want to do when you give up? Networking. Okay, so networking is hugely important. Did you know that most competitive companies, such as Google, hire less than 1% of their online job applicants? And 55% of all jobs are filled through a combination of internal promotions and networking. Networking is huge, guys. Your kids need to know how to go into situations and talk. That's essentially what networking is. Now, it doesn't have to be they have to go into huge crowds of networking, but even with their friends and be able to articulate and define what's their passion, what makes them tick, what they're good at, what they want to do, what their goals are. Then that person can then hear it somewhere else and be like, oh, I remember Sally just mentioned that to me last week. That's how networking is done. So networking, you know, is is certainly an important part of what your kids should be learning. And those relationships that they are building through networking can help them in years. So maybe they're really happy with something that they're doing at the current moment, but, you know, they're talking about that with passion. And then five years down the road, somebody needs them for something and remembers that passion and remembers that person. So typically what those statistics are telling us, it's really not about what you know. It's really about who you know. And further to that, but who knows you? So you need to stand out, um, not in the crazy way, <laughs> but stand out in a way of, you know, being engaging and, and knowing how to network essentially. So where are your kids being taught that? Speed reading. Oh my goodness. There is so much stuff that requires our reading. And 
I mean, kids need to have basic reading and then you need to have speed reading. Think of how much better you'd do as a parent if you could have some speed reading. Hey, mom, I need help with this project. Oh, just let me take a look at your uh, textbook there <laughs> and did some speed reading. Okay, so speed reading would be a huge thing um, for kids to learn. Imagine if your child could read through their own notes and textbooks twice as fast as before. Speed reading provides tools and information for the speed that you're reading at, but also for comprehension and concentration as well, which how many kids don't need help with comprehension and concentration. And reading engages the eyes and the ears, the mouth and the brain. So those are all the different aspects. But really, if you think about it or the way we're taught is you know reading is the eyes so you're reading through your eyes and obviously you're using your brain but you can use so many other things to engage in reading and speed reading will engage these senses even more and make your brain power more efficient because you're teaching it so just like somebody who can whip numbers off the top of their head or can cook up a storm or can run a half marathon or a marathon or whatever you can teach your brain to speed read and I think that that's important and I don't see that teaching being taught in school I mean how to create a habit all right so habits create or sorry habits account for about 40 percent of our behaviors on any given day so understanding how to build new habits or change one, change one, sorry, understanding how to build new habits or change one that isn't serving you is essential for making progress in whatever the goals are that you're working towards, okay? Remembering that habits account for 40%, and I'd probably say it's even a little bit more, but that's the statistic that says that 40% of our behavior over uh, a given day. Habits of highly successful people allow them to keep making consistent behaviors that breed success. That is actually the only difference between people that are really successful and people that aren't, is their habits. So um, get on that train in terms of helping your kid form really good habits. And that is not taught at school either. Homework. Homework could be a perfect way teachers and schools could create uh, a habit, right? And a habit of time management and a habit of initiative and all these different things that could go into homework. But homework is just used as a punitive measure and not necessarily even a check and balance because lots of times teachers don't correct it for content. They just make sure you've done it by looking at it. And then it's again uh, punitive if you haven't. There is no uh, all the extra that could be built into why we do homework as a forming habit. So if they're not getting it at school, have them form habits at home. What do you see them doing and not doing that you want them to be better at when they leave home? I will talk in another podcast about how we run our house in terms of family rules and chores and non-negotiables and etc. etc. And basically we do that so that when our kids leave our home, they have a sense of cooking, they have a sense of budget, they have a sense of cleaning, they just have a sense of being responsible with each other. They have all these different life skills that we're just not getting in school. So how to create a habit? Where's your kid learning that? Where is your kid learning how to love themselves, how to have confidence? The number one thing I hear from parents on a daily basis is, my kids, I wish they had more confidence. And I cannot tell you how many times parents are very emotional sharing that. And where is that taught? We're not taught that in school. It's torn down our confidence and we're compared. And if you've heard me say before, 
uh, comparison is the thief of joy. It really does steal our joy when we start to compare. And, and yet that's what the school system really has been set up to do. So when a person is confident, they are showing that they have faith in their talents and their abilities and their personal strengths. Well, unless your child has faith in those three things, they're not going to be confident. And school really strips that down. So how are you building up your child's confidence? How are you giving them belief in themselves every day? How are you giving them belief in not only like their appearance and how they are on the outside, but how are they on the inside and how are they at taking initiative? Kids will take initiative if they have higher confidence. So having confidence can really impact your day-to-day life as well as your long-term goals in life. And where is your child being taught that? How confident are you as a parent? Think about those things. The next key thing is interviews. Where is your child taught interview skills, right? Where are they given an opportunity to sit down and be on the hot seat and stay cool? (laughs) And uh, interviews provide information about people's communication skills, their motivations, their feelings, their attitudes, their appearance. Um, For example, an an, an illustration, an interview helps demonstrate a candidate's personality and how he presents himself, right? So if you come into a to um, an interview, sorry, I lost my words there for a second, and you don't know how to present yourself, it may be that you have the most wonderful base of knowledge, or once you got the job, you could do it, but you have to be able to know how to interview, and people are not taught that, and it goes de- goes deeper into those communication skills I talked about in my last podcast that we aren't taught in school. And that's where it's, you know, about your nonverbal. How are you sitting? How do you do your handshake? Are you giving eye contact? That's the nonverbal. When they're asking a question, are you just, you know, listening just to hear the tail end of the question and, and then be not really listening anymore because you're formulating your answer in your head? Are you answering a question just because you think they need it answered as opposed to really understanding it? Are you managing the fact that there's going to be some stress in an interview? And so how do you manage that? Do you just get the elephant out of the room addressed, <laughs> right? Or what, that expression where there's an elephant in the room and obviously if an elephant's in a room, you're going to notice it. And so there's going to be some tension and some stress going into an interview. Why not just address it? Oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. I tried on five different outfits today or whatever it might be, adding some humor. Are they able to communicate assertively in an interview and ask questions like about benefits and about things that make the job a right fit for them, right? An interview should be a reverse interview, but where are they taught that? Our kids aren't taught that. So what happens to them? They end up going into these situations and basically their situations give them their skills. And that's a shame. So what else are they on? Are they not taught that you should be teaching them or making sure they learn is how to market and sell themselves. That kind of goes along with the networking and the interviewing. But I'll give you an example. When I taught for 12 years, um, I always make sure I actually taught these things because I thought they were so important and I would fit them into the different curriculums I was teaching. And so I had this, um, what are they called? Overheads. I'm not sure if you know what they are, the younger generation, but maybe the older ones would. It's like a screen and it projected it a machine that projected it onto a screen. It was called an overhead. But, uh, you know, let's just picture a picture on Facebook because that's probably what more people would understand. 
And it was a picture of a clown. And it said, who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. And so if you went to an interview dressed as a clown, how are the chances are that they're going to take you seriously? Or they're going to be scared because maybe they're scared of clowns. So your your presentation, how you put yourselves together, and um, how you sell yourself through that speaks through what you're wearing and your nonverbal, but it also speaks through how you can talk about yourself. Now, most of the time as we talk about ourselves, we're talked that that's maybe selfish to talk about ourselves or that's obnoxious or it's bragging or don't call attention to yourself or your achievements. But that's exactly what you need to do when you're marketing or selling yourself. And if jobs are getting done by networking and then interviews, well, <laughs> for darn sure, you need to be able to sell yourself. So the truth is most people aren't used to talking about themselves, let alone selling themselves. That's another skill that kids need. And we also need to ensure that our appearance, I had a student once full of piercings, mohawk, different colors. Well, he wasn't going to get a job in most places that you thought you would even think that a child in high school could, like a car wash or something like that. Nope, no piercings and appearance can't look like that. You know, so we did end up getting him a job in a graphic designer's house or home office. Um, But I had to really talk with him. You know what? You're projecting this image. So you have to be aware that you're not going to get jobs in places that don't want that image projected. It really is that simple. So there's two key points to marketing and selling yourself. One is your presentation and and what look do you want to give and what uh, impression do you want to give? And the other is, do you know how to speak about yourself? So, you know, the fact is people do judge us on our appearance and people do judge us on the fact that if we are going to be able to sell ourselves or not sell ourselves in things like marketing, uh, or sorry, not marketing, in marketing ourselves in things like interviews and networking. And then the question we do want our kids to be asking, what do I want to be when I grow up? right? Where's this peace of mind that they need to um, (laughs) look for and search for what they actually want to do, but it's so torn down by our system. So instead of your kids thinking, what do I want to be when I give up? Give them time in elementary school. Give them the space to grow through high school and not make everything the be all and end all of their grades. It shouldn't be a question we ask at an early age in terms of what do you want to be when you grow up and you need to know and you need to focus on that, but more like what do you love to do, what means something to you, what makes you happy, what do you care about regardless of the rewards, what would you want to wake up every morning and be doing, but we don't do that. Instead, we say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And do you have the marks and the courses? And the marks and courses are only based on one type of learning and one type of smart. So therefore, if you aren't smart, oh, sorry, you're just going to have to give up. Give up on your dreams, give up on the other things that you're doing, which is really not a healthy thing. So that's actually, what do I want to be when I grow up is really what we want kids to be asking. So in watching the time today, I think I'll end that with just a bit of a summary. We're talking about kids and what they need to learn in school, basically what they're not learning in school. (laughs) So they need to learn in school what they're not learning in school. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But what I'm trying to say is that there's certain things they need to be learning in school or they need to be learning to be success ready and they're not getting it in school. So things like communication, time management, money management, understanding of learning style, mental health, healthy relationships, learning to fail, 
critical and creative thinking, networking, speed reading, how to create a habit, confidence, interviews, marketing, and selling themselves, and genuinely being able to answer, what do I want to be when I grow up? So think, where else can you get your kids to be taught these things? Those are the things they need to be successful in school and beyond school in life. So I'm going to end with that. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate all the feedback. Keep it coming. And there's going to be a part three, actually, because there's even more that our kids need to know they're not learning in school. But I'm aware of the time. Again, thank you. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.